This is Melcast 3.0. Thanks for coming to our show. Here's some things we want you to know. Meltology is a monthly comics jam at Meltdown every third Tuesday of the month. Here's how it works. Show up at Meltdown at 7 p.m. and draw a page of whatever you want. At 9.30 p.m., we'll collect all the art, and there's a $3 printing cost. When you come to the next month's comic jam, you'll get a complete zine with everyone's contributions inside. There is no set theme and all skill levels are welcome. The upcoming Comics Jam dates are October 20th, November 17th, and December 15th. Last but not least, Meltology contributors get 10% off their Meltdown purchase on the night of the event. Go to at Melt underscore on Twitter or Facebook if you have any specific questions. Ask for Chuck. Comic-Con in a box, Loot Crate. This is a monthly subscription service where, because of their iconic partners, each box is packed with exclusive items. There are different plans to suit your needs, and when you enter the promotional code MELTDOWN, you get $3 off your crate. Check it out at LootCrate.com. Melt You, the school at Meltdown where they teach you the skills to make comic books. Some of the current classes include Creating Comics, drawing comics for kids, and the art of inking. Coming soon, there will be classes for short film writing, drawing basics, and kids make zines. Go to MeltComics.com and enroll now. Do you like to binge read your comics? Are you having trouble tracking down all the back issues of your favorite comics? The answer is Comics Fix. Comics Fix is a monthly digital subscription service where you pay a monthly fee and read as much as your heart desires. Go to comicfix.com and check it out. The first month is free. Other Meltdown programming. We have podcasts such as History of the Batman, weekly topic-based discussions about all things Batman, The Disney Click, where everything in the Magic Kingdom is discussed, and two new podcasts coming soon, Pod Sequentialism, and On Some Hip Hop Explicative, that starts with I'm not going to explain it. Video podcasts such as Digital Lizards of Doom. That's Digital Lizards of Doom. Meltdown's very own YouTube show where Gabe, Dan, and uh, Gabe and Dan explore all aspects of pop culture. That's that. That's it. Thank you for listening to Meltcast 3.0. This is Derek. Jeanette's not here. And Aristotle. And Eddie, Jeanette's not here. She Jeanette's has the poots. Ew. The poots? No, she doesn't. But uh, I'm assuming at some point she... Uh, Sounded like you said the P-O-O-T-S. Yes. Uh, I'm assuming at some point she's going to listen to this episode. And I, I thought just, you said the poops. I want to make it sound like she's got diarrhea. Yeah, the poops is the way to go. Uh, she'll be happy. Was that diarrhea song? She'll be the happy. Squirts. There's that song that was like... Da, 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 We're a very da, professional yeah. podcast right now. Yeah. Yep. I, I, you didn't start with the beatboxing. It threw me. It threw me all off. I know, right? No, it's too late for that. Yeah, you can't fuck out of here. You can't, can't beatbox halfway into our intro. I think that was great. Yeah, that was alright. Not your best. I fit. I fit poop into a beatbox better than I think most of the country would. Jeanette, if you're listening. Downstairs, Downstairs DJ meaning poop. We told everyone you had diarrhea. Poop DJ. You know, considering what lies at the end of uh, this podcast, I, know. I think we're doing we're doing a really great job. 
of, of starting uh, off. And as we got Grant Morrison fashion. on the podcast. Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison. Um, I was able to convince the man, the myth, the legend, to go into our new podcast space for the first time ever, it was uh, it was it was it was something we were happy to do. Was make him the first person interviewed, the first anything that officially happened in our new podcast space. We didn't take a picture of that moment. We no, didn't take a picture didn't. of that moment. We... I feel like the only technology that was allowed in that room was something to record the audio. Yeah. Francisco yeah. was was uh, was quick to be like, "Did you get him to say you This is Grant intro? Morrison. You know, you're listening uh, to Melcast 3.0. I was like. Fuck! Yeah. I just looked right at Aristotle. I was like, how did we fail? Afterwards, we Are were we like, oh, we forgot everything because yeah. it was just so magic. It is. It's like once you get him in the room and you're like, hello, Mr. Morrison, would you like some beer? And he's I like, was... oh, don't drink beer. Give me wine. <laughs> yeah. That's and okay. I was like, oh, how did I just not know that? Um, uh, how was that? I, I wasn't in there for the interview. I, I wanted you to have a I know. It was a weird that. moment of just like, we don't know who's going to be in there with us yeah. because I was like, Holly, come in. And she's like, no, 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 I can't I can't do that. And then her bodyguard or, or uh, uh, Grant's bodyguard just sort of closed the door on her. Yeah. And you'll hear it in the interview. It's sort of the first bit, I think, is basically he's like, he sees that she's wearing a One Direction sweatshirt and he goes... The switcher is punk as fuck, <laughs> and her entire life, I think, was, was made validated made yeah. in that moment. And she goes, "That's what I was talking about." Like, I, I know that One Direction is punk, and she was happy. And then I try and chime in. I'm like, "Yeah, kind of like unicorns are punk too." And Holly's like, "The fuck?" And then Grant's like, "The fuck are you talking about?" In a better Scottish yeah, accent, yeah. Yeah. but. Yeah, I was just sort of like, you're right. I'm out of my element. I don't know. I, know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just, just want to be punk. cool. I'm garbage. <laughs> I just, just want to be cool. With I just you. tried to jump in. You're right. I don't listen to too much punk. <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out. Um, but no, the the interview was great. Um, you, you, cool. It's at the very end of this episode today. So um, if you want to fast forward, uh, uh, don't ahead. do it. Uh, um, listen I mean, to that. Please listen. The rest uh, of this interview also, is but I, just. Uh, the rest of this is just going to be us. Uh, going over picks of the week. I was telling Eddie before that I feel <laughs> like because we have Grant on the end, uh, we have to be on our best behavior. No, why? Like it can't be the For usual, example. the usual silly. We already opened up with poop, so I don't know. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, oh man. But um, to the 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 motto that he gave us, which is just dance with what's around you. Well, that's I think, I don't, I think we dance. We're not going to give away too much. No, but I, I mean, tell us, tell us, tell us about that because you no. have you have a story. Oh, I, we're not going to give away. I don't too give much. away the whole story. But, While uh, we deliberate, I would like to take a moment for a commercial break to say that if you are listening to uh, this podcast via our main site, there is also alternatives that you can listen through. We thank you for coming to meltcomics.com. The other options, Aristotle, are Audioboom and Stitcher. Uh, you will find our episodes up there in their entirety um, pretty much the uh, day that they go up. Also happening in Meltdown Comics, we have a signing technically today, uh, as you're listening to this, uh, with Craig Thompson. Craig Thompson is the creator of books such as Space Dumpling, uh, excuse me, Space Dumpling, which is what he's signing for. Also, Blankets and Habibi, which are two of the most beautiful, heartwarming books you will ever read. Just in case... uh you should specify it's on Saturday. Yes, at what Saturday? Time? It is Saturday at seven p.m. and that's the seventh of November. So. Because tonight we are recording on 
Remember, remember the 5th of November. Uh, v for Vendetta Day. Or as uh, my girlfriend calls it, Bonfire Night? Because... Uh, Sky Fox. Uh, yep. And, <laughs> Sky well, Fox Day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we get it. There's a number of things that you could call it. Um, Can we celebrate Alan Moore on this day? Yeah. You could do whatever you want on the day. It's about freedom. This, this entire thing was completely before we found it. Um, yeah, yeah, Guy Fox. Yeah, actually, I found I found out about Bonfire Day and and play. people make like dollar Guy Foxes um, in the UK, and then they're like or or penny. I think penny for Guy Fox is what they say, and they pass out Guy Foxes that you just then light up. I think it's kind of cruel, but she made it sound like oh, it's just tradition. So. It's pretty great. Um, but uh, speaking of V for Vendetta, we figured we would use uh, this time on the 5th of November uh, to inform all of you that for our second book club, we will be reviewing V for Vendetta. And everyone downstairs in the Nerd Melt showroom is happy is that we're doing that. Losing their shit over it. Yeah. They just they so. heard us saying that and they were incredibly happy so if you enjoyed the last installment of our book club which you should go back and listen to if you have not it is with the wonderful london from the history of the batman uh eddie wasn't here i was not here i was working on stuff for kamikaze how did how did that go by the way it, it was fun yeah uh, it was it was our first time bending there mm-hmm. um it's I, I feel like that convention still trying to figure out how to Yet, I guess it's it, the demographic that it wants to to uh, obtain. Um, it, it was a little weird with having the two halls or the two halls separate, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean, all in all, it was a fun convention. I got to meet yeah. Stan Lee; that was cool. Yeah, um, what do you have to say to you? Oh yeah, Excelsior! N- <laughs> <laughs> Nothing really. I uh, I've seen Stanley here once before, like in the store. He was recording yeah. something. And that was more exciting because uh, I was seeing him like kind of just be himself. This was like on Saturday, and he was tired. Of, had signed a million. Like, have signed a million. Yeah. There was a guy in front of me who the, the signing, getting something signed from him was about eighty dollars. They give you like a, a ticket, yeah, eighty dollars, yeah. and they give you a ticket. That's what I've heard. And then you wait in line, and then you you get your thing signed. Uh, there was a gentleman in front of me that had eighteen tickets. Oh my god! Yeah, You're garbage. Yes, You're just, pretty much. Um, wow, but garbage. Airstyle's really angry about that one. Yeah, well, I mean, this is it, it's not one I, of those. I had to. I uh, I was waiting for you, but you were in line, and so I waited for a long time. Oh yeah, Aristotle's waiting for me to get him in, and then uh, I just ended up uh, buying a pass from someone else. You caved in. You're like, God, all right. yeah, it's yeah. a whole thing. I don't want to, you know, give away too many secrets, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I just thought about a pass off some guy that was leaving. That's how I no, do I a lot of stuff. It's just some guys like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I'm, I'm like, you, know. you look shady. Let's do business. <laughs> you look shady. <laughs> it was very last minute. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. So, but what was the most impressive thing you saw at Kamikaze? Um, there was a guy in this really cool. Uh, Oogie Boogie costume that was really awesome. I was gonna say the DJ and the giant Godzilla. Oh, the giant Godzilla is really cool. <laughs> uh, explain. One of the booths had like this giant. Uh, it kind of looked like a pop Godzilla, right? Yeah. And uh, but it was um, not a stage, but it was a booth. Yeah. With the DJ inside, and he was just DJing music for people passing by. But he was in a big Godzilla, and it was pretty awesome. That was exactly how I pictured it. Um, 
And then, um, what was there any like horror story? Anyone you see anyone getting carted away? No, I didn't see anything. But um, okay. I can't. Re- oh, God, uh, I can't remember the the actor's name. Um, he's. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know if any anybody watches Agents Shield here, but uh, or you know, listening. Uh, but he plays uh, Agent May's husband. Um, I, I think his name was Blair Underwood. Um, we are bad with names. Yeah, he was. He, his name is Blair Underwood. He's he's been in several other things. Um, but he he's he plays Agent uh, or uh, he plays Agent May's husband in in uh, Agents of Shield. And spoilers, if you are listening, uh, he has been revealed to be like uh, one of the Inhumans that's killing all the other humans. So he's like the main bad guy in the, in the series right now. You're um, garbage. <laughs> and he came to our booth and like was walking around a bit and in my head I was like where have I seen you and I was trying to place him and then he left and I was like oh crap that was the guy from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. so you missed was... your moment no it's completely fine. yeah you're gonna you're gonna be thinking about that as you fall asleep for tonight. forever I know it's like oh. I had my chance <laughs> and I blew it um then did you guys do anything Halloween themed or anything afterwards I went home and slept yeah, that's very Halloween. Uh, we, me and Aristotle had gone to go see Fiddler the night before. Oh, so yeah. So we were... The both of you went to Fiddler? Oh, we w- both went to Fiddler, and then on Sunday Jake. we went to another show. Uh, Dave, Ross. Dave Ross. All, all you ruffians. Yeah. And how were they? I got real rough. They were great. They were amazing. I got a bruise on my arm. They didn't come out and do a... And yeah, um... He got drunk, too. He got, got drunk. Did he? drunk. I threw up in the bathroom, but then went back and went back into the pit. This is um, a moment where I'd like to interject and just say uh, we 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 don't promote the outcomes of uh, of dr- uh, throwing up due to drinking and going back into the thick I, of it. I had a great time. But to be fair, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm I'm super proud of that moment. I'm not proud of all the other times I've thrown up from getting drunk. It's okay. I, 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 like, I threw up at my Halloween party too. That was what I was leading up to. Is it was the night of throwing up for all of us because the the uh, the Halloween party that I threw, which uh, was in good old Sherman Oaks, um, we made witches brew, and then somebody brought Fireball. So I don't know which was the uh, component that you don't do. Uh, I'm gonna blame Fireball. Yeah, I hate that um, so much. But it was uh, it was a night. Fireball. It no. was. It was my body it's being not, like, "Yo, you could, you could be, you could be a sloppy mess, which you aren't often. So let's let's keep that streak up, or you could um, get rid of all of this now." And my body chose the latter. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't. Uh, so, I felt great afterwards. Yeah, I, I felt great too. I haven't done that to myself in like in quite some time. Which one? Uh, gotten like drinking, throw up. Drunk. That's good. No, I haven't. Well, I haven't. Good positive choices. I haven't drank in a while. Yeah, I think it's one of those ones you. Um, like it you're like, like you do. Yeah, you're well, like. <laughs> see, I say drinking, and to me, drinking is like, well, I guess Heavy. we're blocking out tonight, oh. um, which is not <laughs> the way it should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like every, I mean, Wednesdays sometimes we'll go to Jay's bar and like have like a beer or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you'll dance with the universe. Yeah, exactly. I'll dance. You, with uh, listeners, you're gonna find out what dance with the universe means. Can we just talk about by it the now? end of the? Well, you can ask questions. Let's not get into too much. Let's leave something for when they get in there. Well, I mean, well, I, feel like, I feel the, like we can talk about it now. Like his story. His story. Yeah. I don't want to tell the whole story. Well, just because I mean, I told you guys. There's a piece of uh, there's a piece of advice yeah. that basically Grant gives us. You'll hear in the uh, interview, and. Uh, uh, Aristotle. Aristotle took that to heart immediately after the recording. 
Just yeah. like anyone who's read a self-help book. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm going to implement this <laughs> now. It's, it's basically YOLO. YOLO. Like, if you really like get to the core. He, what, says, what in a, what he says in a very much more eloquent way, yes. YOLO. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, mean, I, won't, I would want to hear him say it with his accent, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just want him to talk to me. You can hear the long-form version of it. He was smoking coming out, out. out of the back ones, and mm-hmm. I like asked him for a cigarette. I didn't want to smoke. I just he was but there. I mean, he if was... he's there with cigarettes, you yeah. ask him. Yeah, for and a I was like, "You are dancing with the universe, mm-hmm. friend." Yeah, <laughs> I do that. Omigo, 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 omigo. Um, there's cool, also Akuna Matata, guys. <laughs> there's also a uh, uh, kid that we're gonna refer to that we pretty much think we're gonna get on this show okay. we got his contact information but he was he's like he's got to be like 10 12 somewhere in there and he was just gushing to grant like yeah. with oh, yeah. with intensity that rivals no one else and basically i come in at the point where he's like grant grant just just steal my ideas use my ideas and grant's like no no i'm never gonna do that and then uh he's like no no, no please i need you to steal my ideas and then he's and then I went back into uh the studio, but then Grant shed some light on it and basically the full two hours where he was just talking to the kid, he assesses that um he's he's the next step, this kid. That yeah. he's the next step. And and what the sad part is he had a is that book filled of like Yeah. The, the sad part is is that he's 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 gonna get labeled as as having something that needs to be treated when and Grant's like, that's not how it should be viewed at all. He's so smart. Yeah. He's <laughs> like that's I was listening to him talk before he, Grant got here, uh, mm-hmm. about uh his thoughts. His thoughts on multiversity, which is uh anything multiverse that Grant writes is usually very um has levels and layers to yeah. it of of outside of just the the core meanings of of the of what is being spelled out to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and this kid had so many ideas on on that's what it should s- be stuff that like I, I was listening to him talking. I was like, oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, I could see how that would. I just I wanted to like yeah. I wanted to sit down and be like, okay, what did you think about this though? Yeah, <laughs> I I have to be honest. Like there was a there's a point in. In the when I'm asking him questions, where I feel like that kid, yeah, you know what I mean. Because I, I was so much energy. I I was there. I I feel like I, as a 25 year old, have more energy than most my peers. Yeah, and I'm just like super. I I don't discredit anything that he puts into his books. Yeah, and that's the whole point. I think of what the interview that I was going for because I could have talked about any of his books and anything like that and fanboyed in a very typical fanboy way. But, uh, my whole aim was just to get in his head and have him explain things to me that it's like, I know you can talk a lot about this. You can talk about the multiverse. You can talk about, uh, the different dimensions of time and space. And I want you to do that. So I basically asked him to take us down the rabbit hole and, and, I hope he didn't feel like I wasn't talking enough about his books. We got to uh, Claus, which is uh, basically the Santa Claus origin story that he was here signing for. But I just had to use the opportunity to ask questions that I feel like um, I didn't, I, I I can't get from like Wikipedia or anything it's like so that. Because I feel like talking to him, like, I mean, I didn't get the chance to, but like whenever mm-hmm. I see interviews or anything with him, like you just want to know more and more yeah. and more and and you want him to tell you these things, but I feel, I feel like to a point he wants, like he wants you to discover them on your own and, ha- that's, and have your own interpretation. That's what it was. Like he, he pretty much 
like because like, a good teacher. Yeah, I, I I was asking very lofty questions, and he didn't. He wasn't like, I don't know, man. I don't know how to help you or anything like that. He was just like, this is what happened for me. Um, you can see it. And he was really good about tying it back to his books. He's like, you can see it in this one. You can see it in Final Crisis. You can see it in um, All-Star Superman. Uh, you you can see these things in there. But then he was he was talking to us about like Aborigines and, and all these different cultures and the way of the multiverse and... Uh, and yeah, I think he was really generous in a lot of his answers. Um, but yeah, I needed I needed to talk to him about philosophy more than than his work. And so, yeah, you're gonna hear it. Um, so I think we should talk about the picks of the week yeah. so that we can get to that interview. Picks of the week. Picks of the week. Yeah. Picks of the week. <laughs> I take that as you want to go first, Aristotle. Oh, sure. Uh, <laughs> He's so happy. <laughs> oh, uh, sure. Yeah, me. Uh, I guess. Uh, this falls on me. Start us off. I got, I read The Vision Number One. Who's uh, who, uh, who worked on that book? Tom King wrote it, and Gabriel Hernandez Walta is the artist. And we got Jordi Belair, color artist. I feel like I, and maybe it's just because I don't know. A lot of these uh, newer books have a lot of, like a lot of the new books coming out of Marvel have a lot of writers that have. Uh, this is like my first foray into their yeah. work. Yeah. Um, when I saw King on the cover, I thought like Jeff is that King. Jeff King. Yeah. Tom yeah. King. Different King. Yeah, the, I forget <laughs> what else, King. but they they there's there's another book that they just did recently. What is it? Tom King. Tom King. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm not. I don't know. Um, when I saw the cover to this, which is like Vision and his, family, and his family, I thought, oh, that's nice, but I doubt that's going to be what's reflected on the interior. Like oh. many comics, it was. It was pretty well, much... Him and his family. But yeah. the deceiving thing, yeah. where you're right and not quite there, yeah. is that the cover looks funny. It this does. It's a pretty funny cover. It's, it's the hilarious. The inside is not. No, I, not that it that's what I got a sense moments. of it. Yeah, yeah that's but by uh, the end of it. Yeah, it is sort of a bait and switch. Like, so what's what's going on here in this grim. book? Uh, I'm a little lost in that I don't know where Vision was before the Secret, Secret Wars. Wars, and so he um, now. I think he was in that book with Ant, or he was in the last thing I remember him, and he was in Avengers uh, AI. Was AI? Yeah. yeah. So now he has a a job as the I believe the ambassador for the Avengers in the White House. That makes sense. And uh, out of out of any of the Avengers, he, he would be the. But he also has a family with him now. He's got a wife and two kids. Like, that are made out of him? They're more. Yes. But the wife has, like, he kind of says, like, there's a moment where like, I don't want her to know or, like, to think of the way that she is because of who I pulled her memories from. Is it Wanda? And, uh, that's what I assume, but they don't say. Because he, so his, his whole thing History is he's pulled out. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. been his. I guess downfall you could say many a time. Yeah. But uh his memories come from Ultron. Wonder Man. Oh. Oh yes. Which it kind of ends on and yeah. uh the whole time though I thought of it there were moments where I kind of thought this is very much a Dr. Manhattan book called The Vision. Okay, huh. cuz very Dr. That was Manhattan. what I was going to ask about because um you know what this cover I, also reminds me of? I'm sorry, before we go into that, uh, uh, Dave. Oh, the the robot? Yeah. With the, yeah. yeah the What's, explain Dave. Dave was an IDW book. Uh, 
Dave was a book that, that came out earlier this year on IDW. Um, it had a four for the A. Yeah. Uh, it was about a robots are taking over the earth mm. and uh kind of just fallen into the same slumps that humans had like the roles of like oh got nine it, to jobs, five jobs. And, yeah and dave has a nine to five job and he was like at some point uh in the war of of kind of uh what they had humans fought. And robots yeah humans and robots he was like seen as like this really like he was a warrior he was like he was all these other things that he is not now yeah. he's like demasculated uh, and he's just got this nine to five job. He's got like a son that he never remembers. <laughs> yeah. uh, I have to wonder if like marital problems, AI, if if like a, uh, an AI consciousness could um, develop so much to the point where um, it could hack other AI to make the, the same class structure that we have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of the of the other AIs, yeah. It, would there be the same sort of AI competition, or would we reach what we often talk about with AI, which is like unity and understanding yeah. and the same hive mind? You know, it's it's an interesting thought. Would AI adopt sort of our way of thinking? Grant Morris, would if it, you're listening, what do you? Uh, <laughs> well, I, what, you what I thought was funny, and, and you'll like hear it. I think he, I think one of the first things that he says says in a response is he refers to i think reality as a simulation oh yeah yeah he did he did and yeah. it, and it was it was not like a i'm making a point to call it a simulation it was it was something he said and there was a point that lied beyond what he was saying and I, but i was just so caught up on this he like he just called i mm. think reality an entire simulation mm. which is um in a weird way of uh, of how we were wandering to things he was he was just He's basically saying, like, enjoy this simulation for what it is in the present and don't get ha- hamstrung in our understanding of time as this thing that was before or what will be, but be here, dance with the universe. Um, and that was something I wish maybe I would have unpacked, but I, no. I, I, I didn't even take the advice just then. <laughs> I was looking back, but I... I would have. I, I feel like I would have asked him, like, "Yo, yeah. expand on on simulation," because that was just too specific. To and and just like yeah, yeah. it does, it just like gets the imagination so going. Excited about this interview. <laughs> I know it's 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 gonna be great. Um, what? But, w- tell us about vision. Uh, yeah. Well, also, there's a page right here where he just straight up looks like a pink Doctor Manhattan, and I don't mean that in a way as yeah. like, to discourage you from reading it because it's it's a pretty great book. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Doctor Manhattan, but there, there. <laughs> hey, wait a minute! I only go with blue. <laughs> there's a there's a narrator in the story, and I'm not 100 percent sure that it is the Vision, but it sounds. I could not help but read it in the same voice of uh, the actor that played Doctor Manhattan. Oh yeah, the, the same guy that does uh, what Mastercard, I think. It's that same actor. Oh really? Yeah. Um, well, this but, uh, this was my question was. Um, uh, so I think. My my understanding of Vision is pretty limited, and I I have to say like when I think of Vision, I just think of Age of Ultron, mm. and I know that that is like pretty different than comics oh, continuity. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and I know that his origins completely different. Um, but I I feel like that was such a full understanding of of Vision in sort of ha- having this consciousness that's beyond ours Mm -hmm. and, and seeing him in such a civilian light for his number one 
for his first thing made me very like, oh, what is this? So like, I I like that you said Dr. Manhattan because now I feel like this is a civilian start and it's just, it has the potential to take off into lofty territory of like AI and things like that. Is that true? Or what do you think? What do you think they're setting up for? Their struggle to be normal. Because, mm-hmm. like, they move into this suburban neighborhood, and the first thing that happens is, like, their neighbors come by with cookies. And the, I saw that. They're arguing, like, they're, they're synth whatever. Yeah. They don't eat cookies. Like, you don't know. It's just nice. Yeah. And so they open the door. They give them a tour of the house, and they have, like, artifacts from around the Marvel Universe. Really? Like this uh, water vase from, um, what is it called? From Zen La. That was a gift from the Silver Surfer. Hmm. Uh, and it's just a floating water so vase. normalcy is like... It's, a, something. it's something that they're trying to work for. And mm. then there's a whole conversation between the Vision and his wife where she says, they seem kind. And then they have a conversation about like how pointless the things we say to each other are, but that's just normal and it makes sense to us. Like he yeah. says, they seem nice. You should use the word nice here because... Kind ha- means this and da da da, and then she they're not arguing, but that's interesting. It's like a out. it's like a talking about it's like communication, like signals being sent. It's like almost mm-hmm. like a they're breaking down, they're breaking it down in a very human way, but also like a so robotic way, so uh, that it could be he, picked up. Did he build his family? I th- think so. I don't. No, not 100% sure how he got his wife, but they built their kids together. They took, they didn't, you know, they didn't yeah, make no, the kids, I, but they... I, they made the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah, 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 yeah. Giggity. Uh, it's, uh, okay. It's just, it's, it's kind of... <sighs> well, I mean, it's also number one. I'm just, I know, I'm, I'm just a bit frustrated with all these new number ones coming out uh, that are post Secret, uh, Wars. Secret Wars when Secret Wars hasn't ended. Yeah. And there's been no explanation. Explanation as to like if that had ended and then like all these books came out, it's like, oh yeah, well that right. happened and it's it's just a bit frustrating. Yeah. But that's just probably me trying to stick to I think that's continuity. I think that's valid yeah. though. I don't right. why would they extend so far like just get it out there? Yeah. Is that Hickman or is that Marvel? I have I to know. imagine that they pushed Hickman, it from Hickman eight can make to a nine deadline. issues. To nine? Yeah. No, oh, come on. Didn't usual... they even print one out of eight? Like on, on most yeah. of them, yeah. <laughs> that ha- I mean, that happens a lot with, with event books where it'll start off as like six issue miniseries and then like you'll get three issues into it and it'll be like three of seven. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, what, being that it's Marvel, I just wanted to wait till it was collected. Uh, I just, well, that's how I do most I, of my stuff. I've been enjoying with it Marvel. so much. With the exception, I, I need to get into Hawkeye. Oh, Hawkeye's great. Because now every every time I see, um, they'll do like a cover of like him in a cornfield, and I'm like, that's oh, fucking Iowa. You mean the current, that's Iowa, the current Hawkeye? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I have to. I have to get in that. Um, but speaking of Iowa, I just wanted to throw the theme out there of what my pick of the weeks uh, are, and um, I have two books that are um, links to uh, my 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 college oh. days. Um, the very first one is uh, pretty unique. Um, uh, it is Spuds Malone, uh, Private Investigator, book one. And this is a book that came to me. Um, I didn't come to it. It was basically 
uh, I was in the shop here and uh, there was a guy that was from Michigan and he was traveling with two guys that went to the University of Iowa the same years that I did, 2008 to uh, 2012. I think it was here when that happened. Yeah, and it yeah. was so random because... And all of I'm, you knew like... And they're like, the same yeah, and we're going through our list of people. They were it's in a, a band. That's what they, were. they were in a band and they were they were touring and I, and I was telling them, I'm going to Chicago, then I'm going to Iowa City and we're basically worked out that... On the bus from Chicago to Iowa, they're probably going to pass us on the same road going opposite directions. But they basically were like, yo, do you know this guy, this guy named uh, Shane O'Shaughnessy? And I was like, dude, how could you hear that name and like forget it? It's like, I know this guy. I just didn't really ever get a chance to interact with him. And they're like, well, we have his book. Do you want to give it a read? Um, and so I just thought it's so crazy that I move halfway across the country to work in a comic shop just to get handed a book from a guy that I went to college with pretty close to the same time and knows my friends, uh, very close friends, and uh, I'm now getting handed his book. So I was like, there's just, there's no way I can pass up on this. It's a dance with the universe. It is a dance with the universe. And basically read it same night that I got it, loved it, and just felt like a connection because my parents, their nickname for me growing up was Spud. (laughs) <laughs> um, and it was just because my grandma called, uh, bought me like a onesie that said crib potato on it. <laughs> and, and anytime, like I got started in sports really, really early. And so they kept saying like Derek and, and there'd be some other Derek like in, in the event. So they're like, we need to call him something that's like just so off the wall. And so they called me spud and that was my nickname for the rest of my life. My parents still call me that. And I don't even think of it anymore. I don't think of it anymore. I love it. They're like, Hey spud, how's it going? Um, but yeah, so that's the origin for me. But then, so I was like, oh my God, this is like practically screaming at me. So I reach out to Shane and, uh, I was like, yo, I want to carry your book in the store and, uh, Francisco and Gaston are just so chill and Holly that they were like, yeah, yeah. Bring it in the store. And, uh, I want to read a little part of the introduction. Cause I think he just wrote such a good introduction that it'll explain the book far better than I could. So he writes, Spuds Malone, private eye, showed up on my kitchen counter nine years ago while my friend Dan Keaton and I were polishing off a bottle of whiskey. A potato investigator with a severe drinking habit, drinking what we dare not uh, ask, had stumbled from our unconsciousness to the page using the bridge of inebriation. A grisly hero of two Irish-American toss pots. We scripted and drew a couple of pages of his determined waterings with uh, big plans on crafting an epic. Yet, like many alcohol-induced phantoms, Spuds slipped back into the shadowy alleyways of our minds. It would take four years of fermentation in my imagination before our starchy stalwart of sloppy justice came shambling back onto the page. And then he basically, he's, he's doing it all as pretty much like spuds and like and the the noir like narrative and and it works out perfect with his art style which is very reminiscent of i think gonzo in Mm. in a lot of of the pages and i hope he's okay with with my um drawing that connection because it's just it feels like such a good uh spiritual companion um but what's funny is he'll he, he jumps he jumps back and forth of like uh, the narrative of it'll start in a direction and you can tell when he took a break and returned to the character, but it, it almost aids the narrative in a way because he, he starts it off very um, gonzo and it's messy and it's everywhere. Then he has a point where he's like, I should probably go into the origins of, 
uh, spuds and uh, and and he draws a very clean cut um, cartoonish potato being like, hi, honey, I'm going to go off and be a private investigator in, in the big city. And it's very it's very, uh, I don't know, uh, Midwestern charm and, and and things like that. And then you just so there's there's the panels where it's like very clean. And then mm. after being a private eye uh, for so long, he just starts to get back into the like like depressed and like drinking all the time uh darkness but then there's also moments where he's he just goes off I love the, the art in this movie. yeah mm-hmm. it it looks amazing and he's 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 done the art very, and the writing uh it's you know what it looks a lot like um uh hunter s thompson's yeah uh, gonzo, gonzo stuff. we were yeah. just talking about it. yeah and uh and uh basically it's a very wandering book and you and you you don't know necessarily where it's leading, but neither does uh, Spuds. He's just he's completely stumbling around, drunk. He finds a map in his uh, whiskey bottle, mm-hmm. um, or whatever whatever's in the bottle. But you find out uh, uh, there's just this drawing, this symbol, and he has no idea. And he's turning it over and over and over and trying to find out what the symbol is. And remembering, you realize it's kind of his point of view as he is stumbling through uh, life and. Uh, he does a lot of, of of panel work where things are broken up and dissected and there's a lot of symmetry and he actually has you turning the book around and almost like spinning um spinning so that it in your hand. so yeah you're you're spinning it in your hand and you're getting dizzy and it's really interesting when books do that. I like it. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's like when they're a lot it's something more that's kind of simple, but it's like, yeah, it's like Strangely I, interactive. why aren't more books doing this? And there was a, there was a great issue of the Silver Surfer like that. Yeah. In the, the recent run. That was a lot of fun. But I, I love the, the recent run. It's just feeling like very Doctor Who-ish. Mm. Um, but yeah, then uh, Spuds like come comes in and he sees that his wife after he was like, honey, I'm leaving to the, the big city. Uh, she's basically become a whore. Uh, with uh, his best friend, who's like a, a hot dog, you know, because foods uh, stick together. Um, but then there's this like really amazing undercurrent of uh, of uh, this global corporation, um, the acronym IHOP, that's um, sort of everywhere. He can't escape IHOP, mm. um, and I felt like it was very um, almost kind of in- infinite jest like. If you've read Infinite Jest, where um, He's he's using IHOP, which we have an understanding of IHOP, but then gives a sort of insidious feeling to it. And uh, David Foster Wallace um, did that a lot with like talking about a certain year um, as being the year of like the Depends undergarment and things like that. So I I I appreciated um, how IHOP was the evil thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he gets into uh, a last bit that's talking about um, a transvestite alias, which uh, he talks about um, is the spokesperson for IHOP, Frankie slash Freddie Fontana, and it's reflecting the development of his of um, Shane's own uh, transvestite persona, uh, Shane Strange, which I believe he says comes to fruition when he's in Seattle. <laughs> so in the same way that he's... He like says in his introduction that he was kind of wandering from University of Iowa and his time in Iowa to um, uh, the upper Northwest coast and stuff, stuff like that. Um, uh, that's all reflected here in this book. Um, and it, it's just such a, it, it's a really fun book. It, it, it takes on very lofty ideas. Um, 
but it's it seems like a passion project that came to fruition in in a way that uh, I just thought was was eloquent, um, was interactive, and um, I don't know, felt very familiar to me. And um, so, Shane, thanks for thanks for bringing this book to me and, and your friends. Um, I see it says book one on there. I look very uh, very forward to book two, three, and however many more come. Also uh, reminds me. That also reminds me about Sam Keith. I'm gonna call you DJ Spud. DJ Spud? DJ I'm Spud. totally cool with that. Also, uh, are you familiar with Xavier Renegade Angel? I am not at all. Eddie, have you seen Xavier Renegade Angel? Yeah, I, I couldn't it's, really watch it too much because of the animation. What, what's so the connection? Funny. Uh, just when you were reading the introduction, yeah. you were kind of reading it like Xavier the Renegade Angel. Yeah. Was I? Okay, because I was... I like, to the, yeah, the Xavier sounds more like that. Yeah. No, well, well, no. I think it was because I was like... The way that like he pauses the yeah. sentences out, it's... I, I wanted to do noir, and then I realized, like, <laughs> I haven't warmed up my articulating tools right now, and I was like, uh, this is dog shit. Um, but I was like, there's a level of importance, because I want to get it right for Shane, but I hope he feels like I did a good enough job of pitching. I did the book justice. Uh, I did it all right, and things like that. Um, Eddie, talk to me about your book. Yeah. Um, you know, there, was a, there was a lot of new Marvel number ones, as we had mentioned earlier, that came out. Um, and a lot of, uh, new other books that came out, Klaus, uh, yep. Klaus. uh, also, uh, Citizen Jack by Sam Humphreys, uh, came out this week and it's really, really fantastic. But, um, my the book that I actually read, uh, uh, that I'm going to talk about, uh, is Howard the Duck number one, uh, and more specifically, uh, Howard the Duck number one, the backup story, uh, which introduces a new character into the Marvel Universe called Gwenpool. Talk to us about Gwenpool, Eddie. Um, the, the backup story takes place between the uh, end of the previous volume of uh, Howard the Duck, which just ended, not, had just not started and just ended ago. not very long ago. <laughs> and this new volume that has just restarted after um, Secret Wars, Secret Wars uh, and it's introducing a new character, Gwenpool, who was a, uh, a one-off character that they did in, as a cover mm-hmm. uh, when uh, they had the Gwen Month uh, variant covers. Yeah, they had a Wolverine Gwen. They had you know Spider Gwen, who's been a huge success. Um, and on one of the Deadpool covers, they had Gwenpool, uh, which is Gwen Stacy as Deadpool, up. and it blew the fuck up. Yeah, um, as combining something. Like that would, um, and the the internet community and the cosplay community like took it and just ran with it, and Marvel could not be, uh, <laughs> wouldn't be remiss to to have actually Start integrated her into the actual her. universe. Yeah. And so this is the introduction. Yes, this is the uh, the introduction to her character, um, and she is uh, messing with Felicia Hardy's aka um, Black Cat's. Uh, uh, criminal activities, <laughs> which you then went on to note that they fit in a by Felicia, joke. yeah, a by Felicia joke, uh, which is another big thing on the internet right now. Yeah, which what's the origin of that? Because I hear it said all the uh, time, and I was just it's from uh, Friday. Oh, Friday? okay, yeah, 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 yeah. You got no job, but I feel like I, <laughs> I feel like by Felicia like came as like a pop culture reference like a full decade after the movie or so yeah i mean it's, it's like it's like the internet those, said yeah. it once 
somebody on the internet said it and then it just like took off. It, yeah. There was, was there own... was that reminder of like It was oh, like, Oh yeah, this yeah, did, this was, was a thing, thing ten years ago. Uh so you know. Um but she is jumping uh, she's like riding her motorcycle off the side of this building. Yeah. And Black Cat's trying to kill her. And she just <laughs> turns back to her and she's like, Bye Felicia <laughs> And it, it made me laugh. Like she's it's it's funny. Now did she overshadow Howard's own no, like, Howard's own. I mean, just takes it. Just continues on from from the. Well, the it's last weird point. because I looked at Aristotle and I was like, "Is this the same cover as Howard the Duck number one that yeah, came no, it's, out? It's still, like, it's still I don't done, know how many months ago. Uh, it's not the same team, right? Like four, yeah, it's uh, still Chip Zdarsky and uh, I think his name was. Uh, it's still Howard. It's Howard. It's still Chip Zdarsky uh, writing it, and uh, Joe Quinones, um, which I'm probably butchering his name, doing the pencils. Aristotle had so primed. I know. We are bad with names. Uh, doing the pencils, and there's a. Uh, they talk about in this in this issue. He's uh, trying to solve this. Uh, uh, one of the the this wizard. Uh, they find this thing called the wizard's hole, and and it's opening up like dimensional <laughs> oh my <doorways>. God. <laughs> And um, oh wait a minute, that sounds yeah. like that sounds like his uh, Aristotle's synopsis of Dante's Inferno, where oh. I haven't read it yet. So yeah. you're probably more versed in it than me, simply because you're named Aristotle, <laughs> um, which they're not really that linked. But anyway, where you brought in the devil's asshole, and I just oh yeah, yeah had yeah. the most confused look on my face because um, I've never heard that in Dante's. So talk to us about what was it the, the wizard's wh- hole? The wizard's it's, hole. It's, it's just using. It's like this magical nexus that they're using to open uh, dimensional doorways. But through one of them come, uh, what looks like a gender swapped uh, rocket raccoon and uh, <laughs> Howard the Duck doing a montage of the Run the Jewels cover that they did for one of the issues of oh God. the Deadpool. Oh yes. God, this is getting layers upon the layers, most guys. meta. Uh, yeah, yeah. Didn't, the, um, Oh, Nick Gazin do the cover? Nick, yeah, it was, there was a couple yeah. of covers that they did uh, for it, but one of them was uh, Just the Hands, uh, mm. and he didn't do that one. Scotty Young did that one. Oh. Uh, and then Nick Gazin did an actual one of Deadpool. Um, Nick Gazin, look him up. Nick Gazin, look that, look Nick that guy up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, uh, so they, they the, the original team's still on, on the book, and then the uh, backup story that involves, uh, that Gwen actually Poole. involves Gwenpool. Uh, and you see her outside of the mask, uh, for, uh, for a bit. Um, that oh. one is, uh, written by Chris Hastings, and, uh, the art is done by Danilo Beirut. Uh, once again, we are bad with names. <sighs> My phone keeps locking, I'm sorry. We are bad with Just names. switch it to the swipe. Um, did they make any? This is post Secret Wars, right? Yeah. Um, because how are they? How are they? <laughs> like getting, I was always like, yeah. How are they <sighs> opening up? Is it, three months? Other... I'll be fine. In three months, <laughs> once, <laughs> once Secret Wars is I, actually fucking. I'm gonna actually it. sleep and rest. Yeah, I'll be like, <laughs> my problem Hopefully with that some now questions is, will though, be answered. is uh, well, I guess that yeah, Secret Wars isn't finished, but like in the X Men uh, books, like everybody knows that Cyclops is dead, and like. They don't mention how he died or exactly mm. what happened. They're just like, yeah, because yeah, he's dead. And it's like, in Secret Wars, how do you all know this? All like, the dimensions crash or yeah, like, crash into one. The so, new, how are there more? In the new Jeff Lemire X Men that, that just came out this week, uh, Old Man Logan's in it. I feel like I saw that coming, but I mean. No, yes, but, yeah. but once again, how? Why? How and why? Just answer me well, those questions. Have you been reading Old Man Logan? 
Yeah, no, I, I know at the end of that one they they. Well, I haven't finished it. I'm just saying that you know. But at the end of that one, they explained to you like what. I just feel like I'm watching like uh, Pong right now. Like it's just the back and forth. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm just sitting here. My head is actually swiveling. Um, So Howard the Duck was uh, was 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 worthy, and Gwenpool. Gwenpool was fun. She was she was great. She made me. I mean, she made me laugh. Pick it up now before it's a hundred dollars yeah, online. Yeah, it's probably going to be one of those things that uh, it's going to um, be jacked up once they give her her own. So, like, it's it's what happened with with Spider Gwen too. Anything um, that makes they'll make an appearance before they get their own title. Yeah, yeah. yeah like Spider Gwen had that issue two of Spider Verse. Yeah, and I still have my issue. Uh, it's it's like a hundred dollars now yeah. on, on eBay. Like they just reprinted a first, it, a free, a first, uh, first printing of it. And also, something that's going to be a lot of printings. That's that probably not going to be as much money, but it c- could be um, issue number six hundred of uh, was it? Uh, oh, X Men, X Men, Uncanny X Men, right? No, I'm not a Marvel guy, so Spider-Man. we are bad with b- properties. Book, book numbers? Uh, uh, no, I know it's six hundred, it it but it's issue, it was the amazing, no, amazing Spider Man. No. Amazing? No, X Men. No, I don't know. We, I don't Some know. adjective. X Men six hundred. But Iceman is gay, and he talked to uh, other gay. Young Iceman. Bobby Drake. Yeah. Uh, talked to uh, current six one six continuity Bobby Drake about being gay. Let's reenact and, it right and now. Kind of. Uh, Mister Me. <laughs> Mister Me. I'm gay. Cool. cool. Is this the actual so, dialogue? No, it's so, not the actual dialogue. No, it is. It's it stop is. right now. It is. This is it's, not it's, verbatim. It is. It is verbatim. Okay. It's, it's let's, love. Let's go on. Comic. He, uh, M- uh, Mr. Me? Mr. Me? I'm gay. Okay. You are too, right? I, I guess I'm I'm gay now too. No. Because like, I've been this way for a while. I think I'm going to stay this way. Do you, do you like Angel? <laughs> Fuck off. Get out of here. That's not what he says, Eddie. He says yes. Is that what... Yeah. I, is that, I really... Turn I, the page. If you turn the page, yeah. then it's like, can I ask you a question? He's like, sure, kid. What do you think What do you think of Angel? Oh, he's totally hot. Is that really yeah. what... That's what happens, dude. Read it. But I, I, I enjoyed the issue. I, I thought it was a very... It was a very cool way cool. Of, uh, uh, of, uh, <laughs> of addressing it, but not making... Su- it's a, it's kind of a deal because it's kind of something that should be said, yeah. and said as plainly as it was. That was uh, I I think they had mentioned it in the uh, when he first came out in in the last X Men run that that he was that they were in right, but it was ambiguous, right? No, he he came out to um, oh, God damn it, who was it? Was it X twenty three that he came out? No, he came out to Gene. Sorry, Gene yeah. uh, and him were talking and uh uh. There was, they were talking, and he came out to Gene, and yeah. then that question was posed of like, "Well, if you're gay, isn't your future self gay?" And they never really went into it until this. Because when, uh, like, if you can, where where was the like sort of Easter eggs of gayness? I, I don't like placed. Where was Family Guy? <laughs> yeah, the Family there's a, there's a, I don't a think of Iceman being gay. Yeah. yeah, in one of the Family Guy episodes. <laughs> Uh, okay. I don't, I don't think that was. I don't think there was ever like any Easter eggs. I think it was just um, or foreshadowing. I I said it to dress it up, but I don't foreshadowing. Think there was any foreshadowing to it. It was just one of those things that. Hmm. I mean, 
these are multifaceted characters and right. these are things that do happen in society as far as like um someone going living their life thinking Well, I just when I think of him I think of him as like saying things to girls, like hitting on girls. Yeah, one of one, and, his, one of his last uh And I mean, I get that's like that I something a, a closeted person does, yeah. you know, in access sometimes. Um, but I just didn't know if if there was anything beyond like an issue or two where it was hinted at no because one of the articles I read online made it sound like finally he comes out and I was like I I don't read that much Marvel but I didn't feel like that was something that was like being beat over the head with no um, and I think I mean that's that's I think what the point was yeah it's it's, It's just yeah but I thought it was I thought it was nice because it's it's him basically being like I have a chance to live my timeline the way I'd like yeah, to. Yeah, because that's what the thing was that he wanted. He just wanted his future self to be happy too. Yeah, and like, true to himself. Yeah, as cheesy as that sounds. No, that doesn't sound cheesy. No, that seems right? really nice. Yeah, actually, Bendis, you uh, you did good stuff. Yeah, good on you, Bendis. Good Chief on you. Good on you, mate. <laughs> um, so Aristotle, good, good what on. what is your uh, continuing? Read? Good on you, Marvel, but fucking tell me what happens in Secret Wars. <laughs> In issue nine. In issue nine. My other book that I read was Doctor Strange number two. I'm so happy about it. I'm just so I'm just so happy to have a Doctor Strange book. We saw pictures of Benedict Cumberbatch from the set. He's oh, all really? grizzly. He's got a beard. He looks like he's soul searching a bit. Wandering. <laughs> he's wandering. I just started watching uh, Sherlock. God damn. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice. Uh, but yeah, this all, all six episodes. All there's twelve <laughs> altogether. I just hate that they're varying degrees of hours long. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like that. I, I wish more stuff like mini would function movies. that way. It's yeah, like have to, yeah, you have, but to, you like, have to invest. You have to time. buckle down and make sure you're not gonna like. <laughs> That's what I did with Flash. That's what I did with Flash. And powered through it. Yeah. yeah. It's just like whenever you want to dedicate a day, it's like take a day off to just knock through it. Well. So talk uh, strange. Doctor Strange picks up from the last issue where uh, I forgot her name, but the woman came to him with uh, mouths on her head. Oh, and uh, oh yeah, from the last issue, you know, like yeah. some ladies do. Yeah, you know, she's got she's... mouths on her head, uh, and then you know, <laughs> more than just one. These uh, what are they called again? Ah, shit. Illuminati. No, these parasites start like just falling out of her head. They're running amok in the Sanctum Sector. Is it the same parasites Sanctum... that he was fighting in the last one? I didn't even. I don't even remember. I You're don't think so. When you say uh, parasite, well, no, is it there's... small or is it like parasite? Are you like... talking about the parasites that he sees on the street? No. Uh, you remember in the last issue that the he was fighting those uh, parasites that were possessing that kid? Oh yes, and no, that's not them. Okay, as far as I can tell. Um, so you know, she goes with him to kind of get rid of them. And she's kind of exploring the house a little bit. And there's lots of, like, funny things of, like, don't look at the fridge because, you know, I've got interesting taste. I've gained interesting taste from over the years. What's it called? It, it's an anagram, right, where you jumble up letters and it means... It makes something else. Right? Is that right? Or is that what... Am I confusing that with, like, a name that's spelled, like, a mere reflection? Uh, 
No, it's, I'm it's totally when you take, confused. It's when now. You take the, no, it's when you take the words and rearrange. Okay, because on the cover, that's what I immediately the, oh, thought. Oh, oh. It's a fridge with the magnetic glass. Yeah, because you do see like their it's names. It's supposed to spell out yeah the the names of the, of the creators, but I think it spells out other stuff which too. Which is currently Jason Aaron. And like I thought, Chris I saw Battle World in there, like jumbled art. up in in all that mess. I see Ditko. I see that. Oh. Is right there. I see Ditko. But, anyways, there's a moment in here that I love. They're walking around the house, and she's like, "All oh, this shit's crazy." And then she says, "Um, are there supposed to be snakes on your coffee table?" I said, "Do not talk to the snakes." And then the snakes are there saying, "Hey, girl, what's up?" <laughs> so they're Gosling snakes. Yeah, the exact words are, "Hey, girl, what's up? What's your hurry?" <laughs> oh God, I I lost my shit. Those so, gas and uh, snakes. I feel like his house, the Sanctum Sanctorium, is uh, what probably Guillermo del Toro's like uh, <sighs> house would be like. Yes. Where there would be snakes saying, "Hey, girls, up." Have you seen the pictures? Now that he's got a Twitter, he's been tweeting all kinds no, of pictures. No, did you ever watch the special it. features in Chronos oh, where they absolutely like, show? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. A tour. Yeah. Of a, my favorite part. Of Aristotle just made the most connoisseur face that he's ever done. Yeah. He's like, absolutely. Where he just absolutely. He just told me about it. It fine magic from the Netherlands. It's, yeah, it's a good thing. He's a he's a connoisseur of the the Guillermo. Yeah. So uh, the episode ends where she has to lure the 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 issue. The issue. What did I say? Episode. Episode. Oh, the issue. Sorry. The issue ends with uh, her having to lure the parasites back to her but then Doctor Strange takes them on and so they're just in him but he's still, does he lure them into his fancy like scarf cloak no they're just I ask, love that ascot yeah, I know, if too. I could have in, any infinity scarf right now, it would be that yeah no he's just got like now he has a bunch of mouths <laughs> and like weird boils all over his face. now he has lots of mouths yeah but mm. uh, like they're psychic parasites and he says like oh I'm just like I've I've got a lock on this shit they're going to starve. They're going to starve <laughs> and they're going to die off. It's fine. Uh, it's but like something Peter's weird happens where he tries to cast a spell, yeah. a spell that he's done all the time, and it doesn't work. And in the last issue, the um, I forgot the, the wizard's name. Oh, the, and he's yeah, like, yeah. you got to start paying Dumbledore. the toll. No, yeah. like if you're not, Gandalf, because you know, he's not, he's not balancing out his, his, his magic. He's yeah, not, he's just using he's it, not, and he's not, not giving it. He's not sacrificing anything to, to yeah. the. And so this is kind of the start gods, of that. so to speak. Yes. So he's a Wiccan. What is he? His scales Define getting him. a little well, too heavy. Do you? Did you ever read Saga? Yeah. Remember how they use magic in that, and when they use magic in that, they usually usually have to either tell a secret or sacrifice something. Yeah. It's a lot like that, where he, they're like the, the think, payment for the use of power isn't being done, and so even if it's like sacrificing a rabbit or like just, just some type of his death Grant's, getting pretty heavy. It's funny because when it, when I almost point blank asked Grant like, "Yo, explain your idea of magic to me," he made it sound like it was everywhere that it doesn't take a sacrifice. You that is with the universe. Yeah. That it's just like in every tangible thing and thought and it's everywhere is basically what he said. What I felt like you said about magic. We'll we'll review well, the tape here shortly. But I, I mean, if if it's going based on your like dancing with the universe thing, then you're you're you are sacrificing something. You're sacrificing security because you're taking a risk. You have to you have to be active. Yeah. In it, you have to participate in the dance. Yeah. You're, you're sacrificing your comfort. Yeah. 
Yeah, you he was very much like you can't just go about like a drone in life and then expect magic to just like yeah. fall in your lap. You have to be active, participate and seek it out. Um Is there some way um the segue into uh, the interview can be like do you believe in magic? No. In a I young girl's never. heart. Can you no. do that? I mean, he wouldn't could, consider that punk. That. Yeah. It's not punk. Oh, so. he might. He might, but I mean it's more like It's ironic. Yeah. It's not a punk. It doesn't meet the grade. Uh, me being a punk expert in I unicorns. Believe in yeah. magic. Um, so then, uh, cool. Any other thoughts on Doctor Strange? Uh, something's going on in I think like parallel universes where someone is going around killing the other. Whoa, 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 See, whoa, this whoa, is, whoa! This is one whoa. of those few books that That's I whoa. like. I'm enjoying because it's not. So Tell Battle World, Secret Wars, Secret but Wars. You just kids. you just mentioned parallel worlds. Yeah, What's I know. going again, on? Once again, we're gonna have to get to dude. That, I but... can't. The secondhand Marvel stuff. I can't do it. I, I can't I'll do it. it I can't do it. Um. Uh. Well, the, thank you for being a saint. The uh. The next. Well. Ah. God damn it. That's a great segue. But <laughs> the the cover for the next one has him running in his boxers, and his boxers are uh cape style. Oh, very cool. So that's pretty great. So I hope that the kid can just turn into boxers. anything he yeah. needs it to. Any article of clothing. Like yeah. like the symbiote. Or like a, yeah. a saint's garb. Speaking of saints, uh, my continuing issue is saints. Uh, if you listen to, I don't remember which podcast it was. It was probably a full month ago um, where I talk about the very first issue. Um, and I show um, some gratitude and some kudos to the artist, Mr. Benjamin Mackey, who is also... Uh, uh, a Hawkeye alum, uh, uh, chum of mine, and uh, I just I felt the need to give him another shout out because I really enjoyed uh, the second issue of Saints, um, and it fit the theme of the Iowa kinfolk creating things. Um, and actually, Adam uh, Silverstein, who is a host on History of the Batman podcast um, and frequents the store, helps us out with our day-to-day affairs. He, <laughs> Shout out to Adam. He, he, not knowing any connection of the book to me, just pulled it and said, are you reading this thing? Because this is getting really awesome. And he doesn't usually just do that with issues. It's what is, usually... What is the book about? So this is basically... Oh, um, wait, wait. First off, who's, who's working on the book? Who's working on the book? So ben Mr. Mackey. Benjamin Mackey and... as the artist, and then the writer is Sean Lewis. Okay. And the story is basically the saints are are reborn in a way. The consciousness is still like the 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 characters are learning saints, about it. Uh, Catholic saints, yeah, the actual okay. saints. Okay, they're they're reborn, or their consciousness is is placed in possibly almost like a, a host. It's still it's not very defined. Basically, they say, "I know that I'm a saint, but I don't know too much about." My saintlyhood. Uh, is that what they say in this issue? Just because yeah. uh, I've only read the first issue so far. And yeah. It seemed more like uh, these roles have been fulfilled by new people. No, this is what they basically say in this issue. Is like, I know I'm a saint, but I don't I don't know much beyond the fact that I, I know that. It's a, it's just a thing I know at this point. And most of them are, are uh, discovering their they they have their powers, but they're in they're manifesting in like a fuller extent. And um, one of them basically goes like, "I know where we're gonna find the other saints." Um, and he like just sort of is in a diner, and he just goes, um, "I forget which saint it is." Uh, they're basically like, "Hey, uh, yo, you're a saint, right?" In the middle of the diner, you're one of us. Hey, Saint Stephen, 
it's you, right? And then he just takes off running. Uh, and then they're like, yo, I don't think that was the way that you Handle this. should go about, like, just seeing if someone else is another saint. Uh, but then hey, they, uh, so you see? They chase uh, St. Stephen off into the desert, and he just basically is like, I'm a little hard to hurt, and he's just lifting up all of the rocks uh, in the desert um, in the, through uh, terrakinesis, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so they, they all have... How? Yeah, it's really crazy. It's yeah. basically making the saints superheroes, making them almost X-Men. Okay. Um, and there is uh, a character. She belongs to a very religious family, and um, uh, they basically are waiting for the other saints to uh, confirm that she herself mm-hmm. is, is one of these um, so is new the, saints. So is the world at large uh, aware of the saints, mm-hmm. the world at large isn't. Okay. Um, like the the one guy I don't know which saint he is. I don't remember. Is just like kind of touring around with the metal band, right? Yeah, I think that's Blaze. Uh, I don't know B L A I S E. I'm I'm not a Catholic. I'm, I'm not a Catholic. That's my best. Um, but basically, uh, the two saints show up. The two guys show up, and they are like, "Yo, isn't there three? Yeah, but uh, oh. she's she's basically." getting confirmed by them you're a saint too and uh the parents are these super religious parents are so proud and they're like come give us a hug and then uh they're like warriors of god that's what you came to tell us ha 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 and uh we couldn't imagine a better blessing so the saints are like well okay it's like it's like they're over whatever (laughs) they're over their own religious ties and basically they steal a painting of jesus being a complete pimp He's like he's surrounded by women uh, in it, which I don't know if this is an actual like reference to a piece of art where Jesus is just surrounded by women. Um, sounds like a very Mormon uh, painting to me. Um, but uh, basically, they steal it, and then you find out that the uh, painting itself is. It's hard. It's hard to talk about it as a comic. It's. The, there's like title cards that are coming out of the painting and I think it's the representation of the lyrics, but it's like singing a song and communicating with the saints. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think that's a really interesting choice from Mr. Ben uh, to show like the singing of the lyrics and like the, the understanding of this painting and it's super, supernatural um, tether. What I will say is that I, I I don't know fully what's what's going on. It's like a very veiled narrative. Um, but that's but the amount of... De- yeah, that's how they get you because the amount of details that they do give you that they do, do they, clue you in do on... they tell you what saints they are? Yeah, they, okay. t- they tell you which saints that they are. Um, so it's um, one of those things where it's like if you really want to dive into it, you can go Wikipedia. Or yeah, yeah. Um, and look up the saints. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I think... If you have any like Catholic upbringing and background at all in the slightest, you will appreciate this on a level um, uh, that that that's that's uh, the most informed. I think is because it's I think it's tipping its cap a lot to to people that went through Catholic school that understand. Um, but uh, I'm enjoying it a lot, and I didn't have that sort of upbringing, so nice. I I definitely say check it out. Artwork's great. The story is engaging and intriguing. Um, and yeah, good job, Image and uh, the creative team. Nice. Eduardo. Um, so I, I, I have two last picks. 
Um, one of them we share, which is the Pacific Rim one. Okay. Uh, but the one I want to talk about by myself uh, is okay. uh, Drax number one, um, which is written by uh, Colin Bunn, uh, who is what? a fantastic I like him. writer. Yeah. And CM Punk, oh, uh, mm-hmm. nice. who earlier this year wrote uh, uh, an annual for uh, Thor. Um, and the art is done by Scott Hepburn. Um, but it's... Uh, in the beginning of the issue, they it's Drax with the new team of Guardians, which is uh, Kitty Pride as uh, Star-Lord, uh, Rocket, Groot, and um, Agent Venom, and The Thing. And uh, Drax comes in to, as the cavalry and kind of saves the day um, in his very uh, brutal, brutal way. He, like, crushes this dude's head and... Ben Grimm's like those aren't the supposed those aren't the things you're supposed to like people are supposed to look at. Um, <laughs> it's it's off panel that it happens like the it, it's assumed that the guy's like brains and all that like, comes out of his head. Um, but at the end they all go their or it, at the end of that fight they all go their separate ways, and uh, Katie goes to go do uh, what she refers to as uh, girl things, and uh, Ben and. Um, Girl things. Yeah. Ben and Ben and uh uh Agent Venom uh go off to an English pub because Ben wants to get a beer and uh an Irish pub and and uh Be careful dude. You can't just interchange different. those. Yeah. I that's why Irish I fixed it. Uh go they Ireland. they go to get he goes to get bangers, bangers and mash there. Yeah, bang- um but in Ireland? Now I no, think No, no, in space. Yeah. Okay. In, in space, oh. they an Irish pub. Whoa, Irish pub. That's like out of left field. That's an, okay. they know an Irish pub in space. Okay, okay. Or Agent okay. Venom knows space what. Irish. Yeah. Space Irish. Yeah, yeah. It's Irish. It's gonna be a thing. Um, Trust me. But so Drax like is trying to hang out with all these people, and then uh, Agent Venom's like, ah, you know, it's already kind of like a chore trying to like talk to Ben <laughs> and I, like the symbiote and and me, and like four would just be. A crowd. <laughs> and so nobody wants to hang out with him. <laughs> and so he's like, well, I guess I'll go kill Thanos then. That's like, like it's, it's just an easy thing yeah, to well, accomplish. That's, that's his whole thing. Like his his he's character as the destroyer. He just doesn't get it. Is that he, when he's not doing Guardians of the Galaxy stuff, yeah. is on a never ending quest to kill Thanos. It's just that it so happens that the Guardians run into Thanos a lot. Got it. A lot. Uh, and so. Uh, Rocket lends him a, a ship to go kill Thanos, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it crashes, and because uh, it's a piece of shit ship uh, <laughs> that he mentions before he gives it to to before Drax, Drax takes it. Drax is like, "What did I do? Why were you trying to push me this way by giving me this ship?" <laughs> and Rocket's like, "I'm not giving it to you. I'm lending it to you. It's got sentimental value." And Drax is like, "It's got rust." He's like, eh, "It's the same thing." Um, so it, it's a funny book. It's well written. Uh, it, the art's fantastic. Uh, at the end, um, he comes across one of, uh, uh, he's in a bar and he comes across one of, um, Galactus's, uh, ex, um, Heralds. Oh, I know that. That's, uh, uh, uh who is that? He's Annihilator? No. No. Has he got the, the beard? Yeah, he's got the oh, beard in the Oh, God, end. I know who that is. Uh, it starts with a... It, it, it ends with an X, too. I can't... Uh, it, it, it It's almost around the same name as Drex. Um, but... So he runs into him, and... Uh, Xerox, right? No. no. Xerox. No. Um, he was in a lot of the Secret Wars stuff. Was he? Yeah. Or at least the early on ones? he was. Yeah, yeah. 
Is he he was one of the heralds? Yeah, he used to be a herald of Galactus. He was one of, uh, oh, God, I know who this ones. is. Yes, because they were trying to stop incursions, and that's when they ran into him. Yeah. We are bad with I, names. Yeah. I think Some, like, Marvel fanboys like, what the fuck are you doing? There's only four. I'm trying to remember, but I'm also just thinking of all the names from Mad Max. Terex, that's the name. Terex. Terex. Yeah. Okay. Um, but he's, he's one of the uh, ex-heralds of Galactus. Um, I... Think I know the, the new gods. Right I don't know my Marvel Celestials. Nope. Um, I just know Fire Lord. But it's good. It's uh, it's it's a fantastic. Like I said, it's a fantastic book. Uh, CM Punk, who's uh, now writing comics, um, is uh, this is a great character for him. And it's it's a funny book. Makes sense. Uh, it's not like super haha funny, but it's got a lot of like uh, action in it. So action. Fun. Read it. Pick it up. Well, that was the picks of the week. Well, I I think that we need to talk about. We got the Cl- other book, Klaus. Well, Aristotle I think has one last book. Oh no, we no wait. collectively. Oh had yeah, Pacific Rim. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, and Klaus. I and uh, Aristotle and I just want to uh, mention uh, Pacific Rim Tales from the Drift really quick because we both really love Pacific Rim. Yeah. Um, and this book takes place um, prior to the movie. Uh, I want to say, and it um, it's written by Joshua uh, Falikov. I believe who it is takes, a fantastic writer. Takes He's, place but before the movie, but sometime in between the first kaiju. Yeah, Man. yeah, um, because it seems like there's the 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 characters in this are uh, the, the, there's a, a couple of flashback moments, or they're in the drift, yeah. uh, and they're being uh, they're they're fighting a kaiju, and the in, drift or the rift. The drift. The drift. Oh, okay. The, you know when the the minds Mind are... meld. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they start losing themselves in it because the uh, the the their kaiju, uh, not their kaiju. Shit. The the kaiju's beating the shit out of the uh, the the Jaeger. robot. Uh, Jaeger. Yeah. The Jaeger. Uh, <laughs> and so you want to die in here or in a Jaeger? <laughs> Aristotle really loves that movie. It's such a funny line, though. You should get with homemade movies and just do the entire thing. Just be be every every actor in it. I can't let another person inside my head again. (laughs) I love the art in this book. Yeah, the art is really good. It's fantastic. I've never seen anything by Marcos Mars before, but the art, and I will mention the colors because they Mm. are so splendid in this, uh, that are done by Marcelo Maiolo. Uh, fantastic, fantastic mm. art in this book. Uh, especially it being a legendary book. Um, uh, not to talk bad about legendary's uh, uh publications but. as far as comics are concerned, but um, some of them weren't as uh, as fantastic as as this book is, and and the story is great. Yeah. My main complaint is the same complaint that everyone had about the movie, uh, which is and that's some cheesy dialogue. Uh, yeah, like between the two, like, don't make my wife bring up this thing. There's a lot of that, like, you know how my husband likes to act. Yeah, that that was a little bit uh, uh, kind of like, ugh. Yeah. Um, but it's it's the it's the I mean the the other, the big things that you're looking for here is is the the fantastic art Jaegers of the Jaeger fighting the kaiju. I <laughs> uh, even the stuff where they're caught in between the the drift and they're losing themselves in it. Um, uh, it's great, and I really, I'm really actually excited to to yeah. see number two. Um, yeah, nice. um, and I'm glad that they're exploring more of the the world. Um, 
hopefully we get some issues where it's not about the robots. I I would like to see uh, like two or three issues of them just talking about um uh Ron Perlman's character. Oh hell yeah. Right? That would I be fantastic. Even, like think, just yeah. a bunch of black market issues. Yeah. Hmm. That'd be cool. Uh or just issues talking about uh what's his, how he uh, what's his become yeah, Charlie Day's character became a scientist. Hmm. Um I feel like they can do interesting things uh um with it. Can I mean even even if the characters from the movie aren't in it just just It's so cool. It's really cool seeing them flesh out more of this world. If you're listening legendary, you have two people who will help you out. Yes, these two. <laughs> Uber fans, Jaeger fans, Kaiju thing. fans. Um, cool. So check out Pacific Rim. Yeah. Um, I feel like we have to talk about Klaus, the the badass origin story uh, of Santa Claus that Mr. Grant Morrison uh, has put out. Um, I liked it a lot. I was I didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I really had no clue, and I'm glad that. We got the chance to talk to him and 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 read it and and do it early on rather than than uh, like meet him somewhere in the middle of this series because he just put it in a, a very interesting light. He'll talk about it in the interview, uh, but just More de- in depth. yeah, depicting Santa as this this male archetype. He was he was like, I want to give a positive male archetype, a father figure. Um, he stressed that. Um, the good and, father, yeah, the good father, and and from a, a origin story of of Santa Claus, you you sort of see if this is the myth, the common knowledge of Santa that we see to do it in a, a younger Santa Claus, it, it was pretty cool. So mm-hmm. that's the that's the, the sentimental side of of the book because he stands up for for children that are getting abused in the village that he he goes to. And by the end, he finds... He looks like a badass, too. He is a badass. Like, There's a splash page of him taking down a deer with his wolf that's a companion, which I'm sort of like, wait, is this a reindeer? Are you taking down a reindeer here also, in the forest? Uh, FYI, one of the variant covers was done by a uh, good dear friend, Felipe Smith. Yeah. Oh. Which I'm sure he loved having the opportunity to do that. Yeah. I missed it, uh, too, but I, I knew that uh, I, he had oh done yeah, it. I I, uh, I saw one of the variant covers for Drax, and they do a lot of... Uh, Hip hop covers yeah. recently, and they did a uh, the Kid Cudi cover for Drax. Yeah. Oh, Kid Cudi. That's that's a cool. One. Uh, Klaus. Uh, I don't know what the variant covers were, but I know for the inside art, there was like I mentioned the splash page, but then there was some other stuff. Which Aristotle's like, yeah, they uh, they told me yeah, once some, you turn to this page, line was like once you get to f- page five or six, got to put on some Hendrix because <laughs> it get, it it gets trippy. Basically, he plays his magic flute. Yeah. And then it's just all the colors in a palette um, uh, just coming out of the uh, flute. And it's crazy because uh, I didn't know what to make of it. I feel like we should have asked him about this, too. But um, at the time that he's playing the magical flute, there's aliens just around him, like alien ghosts, which the more that I hear about theory of ghosts, it's now like ghosts and aliens are being combined I don't know if you guys have seen that, but in like sci-fi, in in uh, in Interstellar, even they talk about ghosts and the supernatural and who's messing with the books and who's doing this, mm. and then they talk. It's the other beings, and it's sort of like, well, are you talking about aliens? Are you talking about what? It's like, uh, so there's like a circle of of alien ghosts basically around him when he's playing his music, when he's dancing with the universe, if you will. Um, but a lot of great uh, points of art. 
um, that are, are trippy, that are just awesome and kick-ass. I, I remember uh, the last time that Grant was in the store, somebody um, asked him, like, what's one of the tips you have to an aspiring writer? And he's just like, write the fuck out of it. <laughs> and it was like, that that's him in a nutshell. He's just like, that's the only thing he feels like he needs to say is just write the fuck out of it. Just Just make it a book that you're happy with, that you're excited about, that you put it out there. Um, and just really take it by the balls and just like go with it. Um, yeah, that's that's Klaus. Uh, do you have any questions before we go into this interview? Since you no, were, sir, no. you weren't uh, in there with us, I I don't. I'll be listening to this later. Um, but I just did want to mention uh, that uh, George Barris died today. Uh, yeah, the the creator. Of a downer note, but he uh, the, had created a lot of uh, notable. Hollywood cars like the General Lee and uh, the, the Dracula from uh, the Monsters and, and the Batmobile Kit from Knight Rider and the most notably the Batmobile from sixty six Batmobile. Yes, um, um, that's yeah, that's that's a shame. But it, it sounded like he lived a, a great life. He lived a long life, and yeah. uh, he was here when we uh, when you guys had the the uh, yeah Batman, Batman Day sixty six event. Yeah. Um, oh, not Batman Day, but yeah, the sixty six yeah, event uh, yeah. for the DVD release party. Um, that's so but, cool. Uh, just you know, R.I.P. George Barris. Yeah. Great Thanks guy. Thanks for designing some awesome cars that most of us aspire to own now. I want that '66 Batmobile. I, uh, I really want the, the action figure, the toy Batmobile. Oh, <laughs> the, the one they, that they just came out. out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the animated not, one. Not the animated one. The the '66. Oh, one. yeah. Made that. You know, I've never yeah. seen anybody actually make a uh, an animated. Batmobile, and I think it would be very impossible to make just because of how long. It oh, is. you mean in real life? Yeah, like a, dr- a drivable car. Yeah, yeah. I feel like That's that would just it would just be. I don't know. I mean, they made those the uh, Batman and Robin, Batman Forever. Those are pretty long. Yeah, but I feel like that one's ridiculously long. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm watching Pong again. I'm just going back and forth, listening to exchange. You know, it's weird. I'm sitting on my hands. Yeah. Like I'm about, re- I think I'm more nervous now than I was before I was about to conduct to the interview with, with interview. Grant because it's just like I feel it and I know it and we already lived it. Because you were more excited than anything at that point. I, I was. I was like completely excited, but I didn't know what to expect. And now it's like I have a knowledge of what we're going to talk about like he, here. And he visibly sometimes comes off as like an intimidating uh <laughs> Guy, but he's super extremely nice. nice. He is and, and super knowledgeable. He was patient and, and like every if you listen to him, there there's like a a pause after like every and it's like partially me finding yeah. how the hell to do a segue after yeah. he just blew my mind again for the sixth time in like the pod or in the interview. But it was there was always like a twinkle in his eye. Yeah, that was the punctuation to everything that he would say as a sort of like, you can move on now. <laughs> I've uh, said I've said what I wanted to and. But let's uh, well let's let's just go into the interview. Let's get into it, but um, also to note, we did record it in the new studio, which is like ninety percent done. Yeah, uh, but you will hear people and noises in the back. Yeah, it's I, I feel Aaron like it's Stottles, a very very it's, it's uh, very raw, but I I think it raw. it was meant to be like that. You know what I mean? It was it, there there was no mics. I just put a zoom down on a table and make sure it's yeah. good. And, Aristotle yeah. just wants you to know that he's not shitty at recording things. No. Yeah. Just but, so you know. And this the room will be I like, think it I, I think it yeah. fits the nature of the interview, which is us being like, "Can we get 10 minutes of your time?" It's I a, had like it's just, a very punk rock interview. Yeah. And he, and he, he starts it off. Yeah. You you're, you're going to 
here in a second um, uh, how the interview starts when he's bidding a compliment to Holly. And I'm sure she's going to be thrilled to know that that's how that interview starts. And that moment was captured forever. There's a moment in there where you can hear like wine being poured. And that was when I poured Grant some wine. Because I had a beer cracked open for him. And he's like, oh, don't drink beer. And I was like, oh, this interview is going great already. Uh, so thank you guys. Why did anybody tell me? Thank you guys for listening to Meltcast 3.0. Here it is. Enjoy this our interview. interview with the man, the myth, the legend, Grant Morrison. Also, Jeanette, get better. Stop being sick and dying. Stop pooping. Stop pooping out of your butt. Grant Morrison, everyone. Cool. Hey, uh, Grant, so hey. I'm Derek. Uh, I host uh, Melcast 3.0, and this is Aristotle. He's doing the sound. Um, That's a very distinguished name. Aristotle. Thank you. I, I, I don't have You're staying. Oh, okay. Apparently I'm staying. You're staying. Oh, look at those soundproof. Yeah, yeah, we just uh, renovated this space. Uh, <laughs> One direction. <laughs> oh, the, her and punk is that? Her and Joy Kimmy. Joy and death metal. Yeah. That's what I keep trying to tell people. Punk they, as they, fuck. Punk. Yeah. <laughs> when you're like me and you like comic books and metal and crazy horror shit, to like a boy band is punk as hell. Absolutely. And unicorns, too. Yeah, absolutely. Unicorns. I'm not so big on the unicorns. No? Oh, okay. Harry Styles got a home. <laughs> oh, that whole. My uh, girlfriend wanted me to ask you if you've ever been to Jack O'Nelly's. No. No? Okay, because. Jack O'Nelly's in Scotland? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, she's, yeah, of course her I mom's Scottish. She's from Mary Hill area. Yes, of course. And she's I like, am. okay, she's like, she's like, I might not but be into not the best ice cream in Scotland. What? What's the best ice cream? The Queen's Cafe. Next to Queen's okay. Park on Cafe. I think we're going to be going there in like a few months. No, so you must must find the Queen's Cafe. Note it down right now. Okay, it's the best ice cream it. ever. Created. Okay, ever ever ever. I'll have to try yeah. that. Is like ice cream like your thing? Is that like no? Your, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just so random. Ice no, cream. Okay. Ice cream is just one of my things. Yeah. One of my, <laughs> one of my million things. Um, what about uh, Halloween? What, what did you... Halloween ice cream? No, not Halloween well, ice cream. The scariest ice cream of all. <laughs> it only comes out once a year. Yeah. Um, no, what did, you, what did you do for Halloween? Uh, I, feel like, I feel like you're a guy that would, would do something big. No, you're Halloween. wrong. I've got no interest in anything except my own miserable... Your own stuff. Preoccupations. So did, <laughs> were, you, were you writing on, on Halloween then? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was, uh, what story was that for? Mm. Was that for Klaus or was that for was something probably, else cooking? It was probably Klaus. I was doing this. I mean, I'm doing this for heavy metal about uh, an artist called Louis Wayne. Yeah. Who drew cat pictures, and he went schizophrenic, and then he drew these amazing fractal things that were way ahead of their time. They were like, oh, I can't. You have to look this stuff up. I'm Louis Wayne, right? Like fucking. It's. This man went mad and his cats became these weird fractal wallpaper patterns. And Einstein has this quote called, where he basically says that modern physics is the smile on the absent cat. So it's about that. It's about Louis Wayne and physics and quantum physics. Mm-hmm. So that's what I am and, and God help humanity. <laughs> so where, where do you feel like an idea like that 
came from? Were you just... From my head. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And from, I didn't realize it was but so also from someone's yeah. life. You know, this guy yeah. drew cats and then you have to check out his work. It's, it's, he, he took these weird naturalistic cat paintings and then he drew cats and, and playing cricket and playing cards and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the images become these beautiful fractal things that shouldn't exist in 1920 yeah so that's what I'm doing a story right now that's that's really interesting that the imagery and and almost coming at it from an artist like in, in the drawing standpoint was that's what prompted a, the writing yeah it's more about a way of seeing though I mean I saw mm. that how come he was able to draw they said he was schizophrenic but he's doing this super detailed perfectly articulated fractal painting yeah and fractals didn't get discovered for 40 more years so how come this guy worked it out and did it freehand so it was a question a computer yeah you know and look at his work and you go how the fuck he did this without a computer yeah that's I don't even know what to say to that so (laughs) don't just look it up and that's so I'm doing stories about Mm -hmm. people that I feel were part of our thing you know the people who look at the world and go "There's, there's more to this yeah. Than I got taught in school. Mm-hmm. Was that? Do you feel like that relates to like a point, like in, when you were in in your own art and in, in writing and, and things like that, where you caught a glimpse of something before it came to fruition in the world? I don't know. Don't you think you always saw this? We all know mm-hmm. what's going on. We all know this is a simulation. We all know. But we're playing it through, and it's going to hurt, and it will get cancer, or get you know. But it's a simulation. It's a game. It's like we all know this intrinsically. Don't you yeah. feel it? I don't even have to explain it to you. You know. You know, and all I can do is write comics that say, "Look at the way we organise. Look at the way we create versions of the actual thing we live in, the simulation we live in." No, that makes no sense. What I'm talking. So uh, I feel like this is sort of leading into a question that I wanted to ask about. So I, I was a huge fan of Multiversity. Yeah. That was that was one of the books. Um, there was plenty that came before it, but of, of the recent stuff. We'll, we'll get to Klaus, but I have to ask about Multiversity. Right now, there's this sort of discussion, I feel like, uh, where the multiverse is uh, happily being followed up by theory. Yeah. People don't want to live in a world where they're actually saying I believe in the multiverse and as somebody who as you uh, but it's scientifically it's getting closer to it feels like it yeah but also remember science is always bullshit mm-hmm. science was once the world was flat yeah science was once earth goes the sun goes around the earth yeah science is just a, a way of looking at things that reflects our best guess based on our interpretation of the universe at any given time. Yeah. You know, and right now we've, we've got instruments that are really sophisticated and we've discovered this much and we seem to now be coming to the point, yeah, there must be other universes they're banging into us. We, we felt this, we know this all along, but at the same time it's not quite proven yet. Give it 20 years and we'll be talking about a fact. You know? what, the multiverse as a fact. As a, what, what do you feel like is, is one way in which we should look at the multiverse if we've come to understand it what's what's a way in which we can push our own knowledge and and our philosophy our understanding of the multiverse like it's 
the, the alchemists talked, they had this idea of as above, so below. So if you study the, the actions of small organisms, you can understand how the bigger thing works. It's a, it's a hologram, everything, every tiny part of it contains the entire structure of the whole. So all you have to do is look at a tiny part of it and see how it works, see how we interact. Imagine that on a bigger scale, on the next bigger scale, on a galactic scale, on a universal scale, on a multiversal scale. It's just this. Mm -hmm. It's like this. There's a universe that's like me. It's everything I ever thought of is true. <laughs> you know, and it meets yeah. the universe, it's you. It's everything you ever thought of is true, and all your interpretations of what you're seeing and this conversation are true. No, I mean it's like it's all the multiverse. So when you think of like your own, your if we take it to sort of our own, this is our our universe, mm -hmm. our multiverse, things like that. Pushing is it is it like a, a pushing or, or are we pushing? Are we compelling ourselves through to no, this understanding and this every, clarity? Or recognizing every right, every snowflake is different. This is a, right. a fucking fact, right? They, they, they have the same structure, but they're all different. Millions of them. How many snowflakes? They fall all the time. The snow is the, in the northern hemisphere. There's so much snow. Everyone's different, but they're all the same. They're just snowflakes. That's like humans. We're all the same, but we're all different. So the way you see the world, mate, this special little twist might be so special that it changes the world. Like Einstein saw that. You know, like James Joyce saw that. Like John Lennon saw that and interpreted that we're all that good, we're all that special, and it just depends how clever we are at expressing how we see the world, and how we see the world might be so individual that it changes everyone's life. So I, I'm thinking as as sort of when I, when I, when I Aristotle, Holly, uh, when we make our way through the, the world, through the multiverse, um, and we feel compelled to do something, to, to talk to you, to work to in the shop. To leave a trace. To, even, yeah, to leave a trace. Can you tease that out? No, it's just mm. like, honestly, I will be forgotten within a generation. So will you, so will he, so will she. We, our names won't exist anymore. Right now is what's happening. This is our chance, this is our fucking moment in all eternity, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and that's my thing, it's just, I did this, I made that, I made that, what, what, you, you're talking to me, you're doing this, you're making yeah. this. This is our fucking moment. It will never happen again, they'll be, we'll be forgotten, there's nothing, there's billions of people just like us. So Think about that, that's what drives my heart. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Because um, I and the the, the 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 possibility of just talking to people right now who exist now, no matter what age we are, we have a connection. We make connections. It's like that's all we have. So what do you what do you do with all that when you when when those connections are made? When you take all of that in, do you? I, I, turn it I, into art, turn it into a comic, turn it into a story, turn it into a documentary or a drama or a film. Or, that's what you do, you know, and yeah. you connect. Um, I feel like I was just given like <laughs> lightning or something no, like sure, that. Cool, right? it's, it's true though. Like, yeah. But I, I but think you I'm, and I connecting like people. I'm not fucking special, you know. You know what's funny is there was there was the kid that was uh, was he's, out here. He's, he's special. He's he a was genius. He's an autistic awesome. Asperger's genius. He was, like, but you were like right yeah. there with him every step, and it was just like a. Because I'm impressed by him. I think he's brilliant. 
I'm you, so proud to meet that kid. Like, yeah. Wow, I got to meet this thing. He will send probes to Mars. You know? He'll do something. Yeah. We, we were joking. He's like, he's going to be running he'll, Marvel he'll, and he'll DC like, to both it. of them. He was like you know? such an excited kid, mm-hmm. but... Um, I there's like imagine a, getting to meet that one day he'll be he'll be in the history books, <laughs> yeah, because he's 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 like serious, he's a little kid and he's thinking this way in this high level because of his so-called disease, mm. you know, yeah. <laughs> Which do you? That's bullshit. That's just a label being slapped yeah, onto it. It's just the frightened of his high-level shamanic functioning. Shamanic, hmm? you think so? Yeah, absolutely. It's like he, in the old days, he'd have been the fucking shaman of the tribe. He'd have been, a, he'd have had his hut. <laughs> Everyone would have come to him looking for advice because he sees the higher pattern. And he's just so there with yeah, you, and he sees the pattern. He sees it all. He's, he's so he's a little kid, and he acts like he's seventy years old. He has all this knowledge yeah. already, and and he's not even started. And, and communications because he was yeah. just relaying it no, all to you he's, he's all kind of fucked you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but at the same time he's brilliant and he will honestly things like that would be there must be lots of them yeah. and they all get together the next the future of humanity is networked it's radio telepathy it's like there will be no more privacy no more individuality and people like that kids like that will be the, the drivers and we we won't recognise it It'll slip right past this. No, it says we live in a world where we're all individuals, we're all separate. Mm. Tomorrow's world is like radio telepathy, they're all one. You blink and send an email. You know, if you're stuck yeah. in the desert, you blink and you connect to a giant network that says, See, if you take that sand, then you can build a plane. You'll be able to escape from any problem by blinking and connecting to your giant network. That's not us. We're, so, we're at the last gasp of the private individual age. You know? But is that something that we can let go of? Or is it's are unst- you saying we're at the end of the line evolutionary? Yeah. yeah, That's unstoppable. It's like you and I and all of us here, we come from a time when we weren't radio tele- telepathically yeah. linked. Honestly, the technology is next generation. All the kids are like, there's my photographs. There's my... In the most thoughts, you know, we we hide those and guard them. They won't. It'll all be wide open to. Mm-hmm. And you you view this as something that's that's just going to happen, no, and we should embrace it. it's inevitable. Yeah. It's not. I, I don't think it's good or bad. It's fucking inevitable. You know, it frightens me as an old school, yeah. from the Cold War old man. It's terrifying the idea of the prisoner surveillance, but that's mm. not the future. Is nothing. So what? You're into transvestites. So what? You're, you know, it's everyone's going to be in that same space. It's just part of one giant brain that says, "Okay, great." Over here, there's soldiers. Over here, there's, you know. It's it's interesting to hear you talk about technology because I I think I think of you as as somebody who would have plenty of ideas on technology, but you also you talk about magic and, and chaos magic and things like that. So where do you see the point where technology and magic lies? Magic's a very simple thing. It's an engagement with the universe. It's like I will treat everything as super meaningful. So I look at that table and I think that table came through time. It ended up once it started in the sun. All the all the atoms, all the material here started in the sun. The sun was once a gas cloud, an incoherent thing. It went back right to the Big Bang, this table... 
has a line that goes back to the Big Bang. It's awesome, it's epic, it's a fucking nothing stupid table, but it goes right back <laughs> to the Big Bang. It's fucking Jack Kirby table. You know, and everything's like that. Everything is like... If you take that viewpoint, that's magical, that's it. You're having to engage then on the level. So what happens if I talk to it? What happens if I say, oh, your table, you're so hot. <laughs> what have you got to tell me? And then the table tells me shit. It's like... I, I was born in the Big Bang and then this happened I was carved and somebody made this some idiot designed me once and like he's dead <laughs> now and, and but you know what I mean yeah. that that stupid thing and everything's everything's better than that every t-shirt every comic every you know it was all made it was all thought of it was all constructed it was all and it all goes back to this primeval explosion so everything is like got this sacredness and holiness so, it's it almost sounds like is is magic a language? No, it's a way of interacting with the universe. It's a dance. Okay. It's like instead of just ignoring it and being blasé and being bored, yeah. you start thinking, okay, bottle, what have you got to tell me? And Alistair Crowley called it the oath of the abyss. Everything has something to say, and you can either go insane or you can just dance. You know, it's like. Oh, hey, bottle, you know. Hey, table, yeah. you're hot. You know, it's like, oh, wow, when I'm dead, this thing will be somewhere. When I'm, all of us are dead, yeah. this will still be there. We'll be bones, and this will be on a, somewhere, in a, a, you know, a flea market. or. A, so it's that, it's like the recognition. And once you start to dance with the universe, it dances back. And weird things happen that seem supernatural, but they're not supernatural. It's just about an engagement, a very serious engagement with this thing we live in mm -hmm. and all the people and all the heads we connect with. So uh, this is a question I feel like I have to ask you um, because it goes, I, I think, hand-in-hand um, -hand with when considering the multiverse um, is the different dimensions mm. what are we to take from an understanding of fourth dimension, fifth dimension sixth dimension and so on I've heard that it stops at the tenth dimension, I think that's no, but almost you know, Australian silly. aboriginals mm. like a 50,000 year old culture mm -hmm. which doesn't have buildings or tools I mean, they have tools, they don't have buildings they don't have I spoke to someone who said about the aboriginals, they said they're land dolphins. Land dolphins, mate. Land dolphins. You know, these are people who've absolutely adapted to their land. They have a culture that's 40, 50,000 years old. They believe there's nine dimensions of time. String theory has mm -hmm. now come to the conclusion that there are nine dimensions of time, plus four dimensions of space which is exactly what the Aboriginals have been saying for 50,000 fucking years. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, yes, it's all happening. It's all, you know, space has up, down, right, left. Mm -hmm. Time ha also has up, down, right, left. But it's just we are forced into this weird push-through. We're kind of pushing through it, but, you know, your head gives you a... a a kind of telescopic view of the way time once was when you were small and mum and dad were a little bit younger you can see it but you can't touch it And but they say no you can touch it we have nine dimensions of time 
and that's the oldest human culture on the planet and we treat them like shit they're fucking you know so that's what I deal with it's like yeah I actually think there are probably nine dimensions of time mm -hmm. and we can sort of smell them a little bit on the edge and we have experiences that might be explained by the idea of nine dimensions of time but at the same time we can't touch it you know? so how do you how do you feel do you I don't know because I feel like I've I've you're you are like an, a myth to me sometimes an urban legend I feel like I hear things that are are whispered but I don't know of any of them as as facts so for instance I've heard that um, you have either visited another dimension or that beings from another dimension have visited you all right and I don't want to discredit that no, I just but want listen, to ask no even you know, solid it's all about solid real shit it's not mm -hmm. abstractions Every day in my life, I work and earn money from the second dimension. I go into Superman's world. Superman exists in a flat plane. Second dimension. I can look at the beginning of the story, turn to the end, and it's the end. I can flip through it. So I can look at it from any angle, turn it upside down, but still Superman's experience through 24 pages on a flat dimension. That's my... I go to work in the second dimension where comics live. <laughs> and that's not an abstraction. It's simple, physical fucking fact. You know, Superman lives on a flat plane, but he exists, and he's bigger than me. When I'm dead, Superman will still be. Before I was born, Superman was. But he exists on a two-dimensional flat plane. But you get it, right? Yeah. He's still yeah. real, isn't he? He's like... He's real, he's like a thing. When we're all dead, he will exist. No one will remember us. They'll remember <laughs> fucking Superman, yeah. who doesn't exist except on a flat screen plane. So that's my idea of dimensions. When I had my experience in Kathmandu, I felt like I'd been taken up to a point where I saw the entire history of life on, in the universe as an object, a completed, finished thing, like a, a, a sculpture. You know, so it was everything. It was like, here's Christ, here's dinosaurs, here's Shakespeare. Here. Oh, fuck, they all fit. It's all one thing. It's all happening now. It never ends. Shakespeare is writing now. It's just we can't go there because our movement through time doesn't allow us to just go back and hang out with Shakespeare, who's writing right now. He's writing Hamlet right now. We could walk into his room and say, oh, Shakespeare, you're fucking cool. That Hamlet thing you're, you're halfway through, it's going to be one of the greatest plays of all time. You know, we can't, and it's really annoying, but it's a dimension that we could, if we could move in it like aboriginals, we could do, say that to Shakespeare. Man, honestly, halfway through, don't give up. It's going to be one of the greatest plays of all time. Right now he's writing, he's a young man. Right now, Caesar, young man, Catherine the Great, young woman. It's happening now, it's there, it's a solid. But we're here in 2015, you mm -hmm. and I, you yeah. know, at our relative ages, talking. Yeah. In that structure. You okay? Yeah, feel free. Sorry. Um, yeah, what was your question? I just wanted to ask, like, how high is the Eiffel Tower? <laughs> <laughs> from like 
Is there any fear? I, or I guess fear from like yeah. anything. I don't want to say evil, but like malevolent, like oh, beyond that, or we are, kind of just see your head, just, yeah. in your head. Think of the most evil fucking thing you can think of. It's been done. It's been done to someone, and that's it. You know, evil is just another part of the shit we think up, but it's not a very good or useful part of what we think up. So the more the rest of us say, no, I don't want to rape chicks, I don't want to kill people, I don't want to torture, I don't want to, the more we change it. Because just uh, from from reading Nameless, Mm -hmm. like that, that puts fear in me. No, Nameless is looking and saying, yes, in the Holocaust, young Jewish women are forced to suck Nazi dick and then gassed to death. That happened, we did this to people. Every day we torture mice and rats and like rabbits and we squirt things in their eyes and we fuck it what is wrong with us but at the same time what's right with us well let's focus on that what's right with us let's fucking take that and please fucking to god make that our future you know um okay i feel like we would have really missed something if we hadn't talked about Klaus, because that, yeah, that yeah. was that was everything that I, I wanted to talk. I just wanted to get into the go through the yeah. rabbit hole a little bit. Um, when you're you're here in our shop um, signing for Klaus, and then everything else that that people brought uh, into the shop. So, in the same way that you talked about dancing with the table, mm-hmm. dancing with the bottle, mm-hmm. were you dancing with the idea of? Of Santa Claus was there? Was there like a just talisman a whole, or no, something? I just wanted to... a good man, you know. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and if think of it occult wise, I kind of had this abyss experience going through to Bina on the Tree of Life. But Chessed is the idea of the good father, and that's what Klaus is. It's the idea of the good dad, you know. The, my dad was a great guy, but Klaus is the good father. He's like the he can't help but save us and he doesn't want to necessarily he's quite unique and contained in himself Mm. but he wants to help us and I wanted to write about that you know while I'm doing Wonder Woman and doing the female principle this Mm -hmm. is about the male principle yeah and it's it's super buried and it's quite it's like a kid's fairy tale it's not like Final Crisis or like Filth or where it's very obviously meta Mm-hmm. This is like all the all the background, all the clockwork is buried in this, mm-hmm. but it's telling. It's a magical act, you know. It's about the male principle being useful and helpful, and not being rapacious and bro and dark and fucked up. Like so many of them yeah. in in the issue, it's funny because I was flipping through this again because I I read it and uh, as you were talking to the kid out there, I look at the panel where he's saying you would. You would smack a child. You would. Mm-hmm. You would. And he chastises people and says, "You have to be good mm-hmm. to kids." Right there, and, and shutting down imagination. And, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and feeding them porn and feeding them bullshit news and ISIS and all that crap. <laughs> That's the one thing is mm-hmm. when you were talking about technology and and the positive of it, the the the, the almost evolutionary step, the way that it's going, mm-hmm. our relationship with technology. Sometimes I look at it and I think mm. about it as this is not helping some. It's it's funny this 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 line that you can walk of this is a brilliant piece of technology mm. this should help us this should elevate us and some people don't use it but that the same could be said 
for tools. I know, but it will never, it will never affect everyone. Yeah. And all we can do is, like, oh, you, you know, I'm so sad you didn't hold on to the ring when it was given. Yeah, it's horrible. It's like, but just people, we're just we're all of us right now. Imagine in this time, we live at the same time as Gaga, Madonna. <laughs> we live in the same time as Tom Cruise. Fifty years from now, none of this will mean anything. But we're all here right now talking, you know. Mm-hmm. So, what is? I I see you go from like meta stories like Final Crisis, things like that, things in uh, things like this, and then I see Eighteen Days, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm very curious about where you're at with Eighteen Days because <clears throat> when I read. Everything I felt was going into 18 Days, it was almost you saying, like, this is one of the most important stories that I think I've ever heard in Mm -hmm. my lifetime. Mm -hmm. And it's a shame that so many people don't know about this, and I'm trying to bring it to a more Western audience. What what are your thoughts on on 18 Days? I know that right now it's not necessarily you. It still has your name. No, I I did, like, three scripts for the web versions of 18 Days. And they turned that into the first two comics, and the rest mm-hmm. of it's nothing to do with me except when I plot right. outline. So yeah, but it is the ultimate. So it's the battle we fight between duty and desire. That's the whole thing about eighteen days and the whole Mahabharata. It's between duty and desire. You know, what do we want to do? You know, <laughs> and what do we feel we should be? Yeah, it's simple. It's, and the whole story is like becomes epic, cosmic. But it's about that. It's about are we going to wank to porn? Are we going to go and write a brilliant story that saves a, someone's life? Yeah. And wanking to porn's brilliant. <laughs> but imagine writing a story that says someone. I've actually had that Superman thing I did with mm-hmm. that suicide thing. Kids have actually not killed themselves because of it. And to me, that's like that's Superman. That's the real Superman. I don't need him to be real. The fact that this fictional thing has saved a young girl or boy from not killing themselves. And tomorrow they might go to Mars, they might discover an algorithm, they might, you know. Imagine just Superman who's fictional saves someone's actual real life. I feel like I just wait and I see the twinkle and it's just like a relay. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, I I feel like I uh, you've you've given us so much right now. I I, I don't think I want to ask too much more of your yeah. time because you've been with so many people today and we thank you for coming into our space. This is completely new, so you're the you're the first interview mm-hmm. conducted in in this new space, and we thank you for coming. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, dude. <laughs> Hey, thanks for picking us up. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We're at Meltcast. We occasionally tweet some things. And while you're at it, follow at Meltdown Comics. They're awesome, and you can keep up with all of their sales and events. They happen every day.